G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's check in with the Australian Christian Lobby as we do on a Monday. Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the ACL, back with us. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be with you again. Hey, Martin, let's start with this what's been going on in Western Australia and the Australian Christian Lobby right in the centre of a major, major controversy this past week. It looked as though only people friendly to the Labor Party were going to be able to use taxpayer-funded public facilities. Give us a little insight into what's happened because there's been a big turnaround. There has been a big turnaround, Neil, and uh, many people who just heard what you said will find that sounds unusual, and it certainly is unusual. Uh, we obviously just finished our Truth of It live tour in the state of Queensland. It was extremely successful. More than 7,000 people came. We decided that Western Australia would be our next uh, place to go, and so we started to move into there and try to book some venues. And We tried Perth, and we wanted to go to the Perth Concert Hall initially, and they came back to us initially and said yes, but then they said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't host a politically motivated event. And we sort of smelled a bit of a rat, but we thought, look, there's other options in Perth. Let's just go to the convention centre and call it a day. So we did. But then, of course, we ran into the same problem when we went to Albany. And in Albany, we tried to book the Albany Entertainment Centre, which is really the only venue of its kind in town. You can't really, there's not another one. (laughs) So we booked the Albany Entertainment Centre and they said, yep, no problem. But then they came back to us and this time they said a little bit more. They said, actually... We've been told we're not allowed to lease the venue to you because your views do not align with the West Australian state government's mm-hmm. views. And I, we suddenly went, I'm sorry, what? So in other words, if you don't agree with the government, then you are not allowed inside taxpayer-funded, publicly-owned venues, which are all the major venues in Western Australia, uh, you're, you're locked out effectively. I thought, well, this sounds like China. I mean, that's what the Chinese Communist Party does. They cancel views that disagree with them. That's not what we do in Australia until now. And so we thought, well, we've got to do something about this. And uh, we uh, put quite a lot of pressure on. We wrote them uh, a legal letter indicating that the law was illegal for a number of reasons. Uh, also, we, um, we, we started to get locals in the electorate of Mandra, which is the electorate of the Minister for the Arts, to write to the Minister for the Arts and to put pressure on on him to change the policy. And we had an absolute avalanche of individuals get involved in that campaign. Uh, And also the media became extremely interested in this because it's such a major affront to free speech uh, and the basic principles of democracy that we were on Channel 7, Channel 9, the ABC, Sky News, you know, you, you name it. We were there, I was on, and Peter Abetz, our West Australian State Director, did a power work there as well. And blow me down, on Friday, we received a letter from the state solicitor saying, well, actually, the policy's been trashed. (laughs) You're welcome to reinstate your bookings, and uh, we're going to review this thing. Uh, But the review won't be finished between now and your event, so, so go for it. And so we, uh, we felt against the odds, uh, have been welcomed back into these venues. It's an amazing win. Uh, and uh, the truth of it live, Western Australia will be going ahead. Importantly, 
in the public spaces in Western Australia. And, you know, ACL is all about truth made public. And we've always wanted to be in the public spaces to declare truth, to talk about scripture and all these kinds of things. And it's great that the door has flown open once again. So quite a story this past week. It kept us extremely busy, but really concerning to see that attitude from within the West Australian state government. You sort of have to ask yourself, well, where is that coming from? Uh, And perhaps this isn't the the last time we'll have to uh, raise our voice about this sort of thing. Some people might be asking, Martin, whether this is accidental. You know, one of those, oh, it's an accidental clause somewhere in the legislation that says, you know, if you disagree with the government, you can't hire the public accessible taxpayer funded venues. Uh, Do you think this has been something accidental or is there something a little more sinister here that's in the legislation that's perhaps being passed on every bill uh, in Western Australia? Look, I think um, it's certainly poorly considered, but I don't think it's accidental. And the reason I don't think it's accidental is that the policy in question was carefully built up over a period of time. It included two main things. The first one was, if your views aren't the West Australian state government's views, you're not welcome. The second one was, and this is interesting, it said that if you are affiliated with a country whose political status is in dispute, you can't take advantage of a public venue. Now, straight away, everyone goes, oh, okay, that's Taiwan, which is precisely what's going on. They actually, the government had, they 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 issued an official apology to the Chinese Communist Party in 2020 for allowing a Taiwanese uh, dance troupe to use the state theatre in Perth. They literally apologised to the Chinese Communist Party, that murderous and uh, authoritarian regime, for allowing a dance group affiliated with a country struggling for its freedom, uh, all to please China, all to bow the knee to China, which I find morally reprehensible. They changed the policy to specifically exclude Taiwan from all their public venues. And then the West Australian state election happened. And they used all of those public venues for their, West, for their Labor Party functions. They had their campaign launch in the Perth Arena. They had their local the fundraiser for the local member in Albany and the Albany Entertainment Centre and all this stuff. And as soon as they won the election, they passed a policy to say, OK, no other political outfit can use these venues now. So they used them to win the election and then they shut everybody else out. There's a pattern here where it was actually quite... They've, they've made this policy in response to very deliberate events. Uh, and to try and shut down um, uh, certain uses that they've considered. And uh, for that reason, we are extremely bothered about the sort of mindset that they're bringing to policy making in Western Australia. We're very concerned about the authoritarian links there. We're very concerned about the authoritarian attitude that they're taking. And even the Minister for the Arts, once they led us back into the venues, the Minister for the Arts, David Templeman, member for Mandra. He put out a public comment which effectively said, look, uh, we're very, very, very sorry that we have to let the ACL take a venue this time around, but we're going to draft a new policy that will most certainly reflect the values of the art sector. So he was sort of speaking in a way that said, oh, well, we might find a way to shut them out anyway. But there is definitely a mindset problem going on, and I, I, I do query, where does that instinct come from, that authoritarian instinct? It's not great. It's not a good thing to be present in the government of a democratic state like Western Australia. Just to reflect on Western Australia for a few moments here, because uh, in Western Australia, the mining industry and the proceeds from all of that 
benefit every Australian. And so you can imagine that the West Australian government wanting to tread very carefully when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party. But as you say, it's almost like bowing the knee to the Chinese. And in doing so, there is some ramification here that flows through to every other opposition idea that might not be aligned with the Communist Party in China and that comes down especially to a Christian response because Christianity really is a diametric opposite to communism. Any thoughts here, just the way it's so subtle, the way these things work, Martin, it works right down to the idea that Christians now might be silenced. Well, yes, I think there's a difference between selling iron ore to China and bowing the knee to China. So that seems to be that seems to be the problem here, which is that you know something as simple as a Taiwanese dance troupe using the state theatre. I mean, to, to, to suggest that in a free democracy that shouldn't be allowed is is anathema. That's terrible. Uh, especially when these people are fighting for their freedom against a murderous and authoritarian regime, which literally has concentration camps for religious minorities and all this kind of stuff. It's a nasty, nasty regime. Fine, they sell them iron ore. They don't have to bow the knee to them. And one might even excuse or one might sit back and go, look, okay, maybe China put serious economic pressure on, or maybe there was some massive diplomatic blow-up in the background that we didn't have eyes on. But as you say, Neil, there's something very interesting here, which is not only do they readily bow the knee to China's demands, even over something as simple as the use of the state theatre, but they kind of start to adopt China's attitude, which is that they've become very authoritarian. Um, And this is one of the concerns I have about the WA government in general, is that they have shown a tendency towards a very, very authoritarian, heavy-handed approach to a lot of policies. But even in the renting out of publicly owned, taxpayer-funded venues, which should be open to all people who are taxpayers and all people who have reasonable views to put forward. The authoritarianism even goes into that area. And I've long been concerned about the influence of China on our governments. I know that there are CCP sympathisers embedded in a lot of our institutions, and that is, a, that is sort of a known fact that nobody talks about in government circles. Um, and you do start to wonder how serious has this gotten. Uh, and I think it's something that the political conversation really needs to start to address as a major moral imperative going forward. Well, the whole controversy has been noticed around the world, Martin. Uh, In fact, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association wanted to reach out with a note of encouragement and solidarity, and they sent a letter to their supporters, and they're saying they've experienced similar challenges elsewhere. Billy Graham Evangelistic Association recently won an important legal case in the UK. The courts ruled in their favour in a case where a public transit company removed their event advertising, and the courts found this violated their right to freedom of expression. And so they're reinforcing that standing up for the rights of Christians to have access to the public square is immensely important for the future of evangelism. When it all comes down to it, this idea of freedom of religion, freedom to believe what you want to believe, freedom to be able to talk to another about their own faith, this is the sort of thing that really comes into question if you don't have some sort of law that promises a protection for religious freedom. Now, this is a reminder here, isn't it, that the federal government hasn't delivered on its promise to protect religious people from discrimination. 
Yeah, I think it is, Neil. And, uh, you know, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is an example of a group that's faced these troubles around the world. They were actually locked out of the UK because a bunch of venues would not accept Franklin Graham's uh, rallies. Uh, and that was very, very, very sad to see that happen. Uh, and we're seeing this around the world. We're seeing it in Australia. And one of the annoyances for us is that when we go and talk to politicians and say, now, listen, you know, we really do need some religious freedom protections. They turn around and say, oh, you know, don't be silly. There's no problem with that. And I'm sort of starting to ask, well, how many more examples do they want? You know, here's another very public one. We have many examples coming across our desk all the time. We're intervening legally to help people out who are losing their jobs, losing their accreditations, getting kicked out of universities and institutions. You know, and here we are again uh, in a situation where we've been denied access to venues simply because of our beliefs. That literally is it. So, you know, it is an unfulfilled promise of the Morrison government. There is a petition to petition the Prime Minister on the ACL website, acl.org.au, which people should really go and sign uh, in order to continue to keep the pressure up. The government is thinking about bringing this back on again, this religious freedom protection uh, legislation. And, um, you know, they do need a bit of a nudge. They need a little bit of uh, people power to, to keep them interested, to keep them pushed along. And so I would really, really encourage people to get online, sign that petition so we can just keep up the pressure. It really helps us do our work in the background and with the lobbying. It's, it's an important piece of reform, which we would love to see through the parliament uh, in the next few months. We may not have heard the last of all of this. And I know that the organisation, the Human Rights Law Alliance, in fact, you were the founder of the HRLA, Martin. They represented you in this matter with Western Australia. And uh, John Steenhoff there leads the Human Rights Law Alliance. But no doubt when these sorts of issues arise, and there'll be plenty more instances in the coming times, no doubt, uh, this is someone you have to keep in the loop. So wherever you might be in every state and territory around Australia, is that uh, a port of call to uh, just check in on if you're noticing that sort of weird things are happening and your religious freedom is being evaporating? Uh, What are your thoughts here for the HRLA? Well, uh, it's great to have the HRLA uh, so close <laughs> because we do use them an awful lot and we seek their advice an awful lot. They represented us brilliantly in this matter and they always do. They do fantastic work. And when I travel around with The Truth of It Live, one of the most common questions I get is from people who are saying, you know, in my workplace, it's becoming very difficult for me to speak up against a lot of this woke stuff, a lot of this trans stuff, this rainbow stuff and so on, or or just to be different, to say, look, no, I don't want to put the rainbow badge in my signature. Or, you know, when I go to diversity training, I want to put an alternative point of view. Or they just can't. They're saying, look, it's becoming so, so difficult. I feel like my job is on the line. I feel like I'm being ostracized. What should I do? And I always say to people, look, if ever you need advice in that situation, or if ever you find yourself under real pressure and you're not sure where to move next or you feel as though uh, they could be acting against you, just call the Human Rights Law Alliance. They exist to help people like you with your freedom of religion. And if you have a a clearly freedom of religion-based case like this, give them a ring. If you don't know how to contact them, contact the ACL. We'll put you in touch. There is this advisory service available to all Christian folk who find themselves in those circumstances. They do it all day, every day. They know what they're talking about. And you'll just be really reassured to get their advice. 
Or indeed, if you know, you're really facing the music and you're about to be put under discipline or sacked or whatever, well, you really do need them. <laughs> so give them a ring before you do a thing and they will help you out. So I just put that out there to let people know the service exists. It'd be great if they had more laws to rely on, some more religious freedom legislation from the government, because at the moment they've got flimsy protections that they're trying to use but they nonetheless do fantastic work under difficult circumstances. Okay, the Human Rights Law Alliance. No doubt you can get a link there on the ACL website. Australian Christian Lobby. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the ACL. ACL acl.org.au. Martin, it's been a big week this past week. No doubt you haven't seen the end of this yet. Uh, More things to come, but thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.